Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies, and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Jeannie Doherty. She is a certified money coach and mental fitness coach. She helps individuals, couples, and small businesses. She began her career having excellent money skills with her clients to realizing she didn't create the same standards in her own personal and professional life. She actually lowered her financial standards in her personal life and chose incompatible partners and created a business that failed four times until she finally figured out how to manage her own self-sabotaging behaviors. This is going to be an incredible conversation. Jeannie, welcome to the space. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I got to tell you, I'm like, I can do this. <laughs> I can get on this podcast and do this. <laughs> this is always the challenge for people because most people are like, I've never done this before in this way. So yes, it's definitely doing something new. Definitely. So, okay. So before we dive in and learn all about you and our topic, can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and then we'll jump in? Sure. Um, what I would say is that I promised myself when I was really like struggling, like when I was like in the red, um, I wasn't sure what I was going to do next. I said, you know, I know money's not that hard. I know it's not that hard. I promised myself I would get better at it. And then in 2018, I, I literally walked into a dance class and there was a dance workshop for dance and money. It wasn't dance and money coaching, it was just dance and money. And I was like, what? This is amazing. And then I signed myself up for, um, a whole year of dance workshops uh, that was taught by a money coach who was also a dance teacher. And it was like one of the most uh, powerful, creative experiences I've ever had. Um, something like to totally take into you know your job or in your work, it was having this opportunity. Um, as you said very clearly in the intro, um, creativity is not something you just kind of do on a whim, it's necessity. Creativity is what saves your stress and saves your sanity. And mm -hmm can give you new opportunities. So, well, I'll ask now, even though I know we're going to dive into it. So you danced prior to this, correct? Yes, I still dance. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you considered, so you did dancing and then you just happened to find this workshop, which sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I just happened to, uh, walk in to dance class. And then next thing I know, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I had to travel and it was, you know, two and a half hours away to get to the dance workshop. And I was like, this is going to happen. I'm totally going to do this. Oh, wow. Yep. So out of the box. And I love what you're saying already. It's, you set your mind to something and like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to get there. I'm doing this. Right. Right. And how many times do we stop doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, because creativity can also be challenging and can be full of, you know, starts and stops. Mm. And yeah. and we just fill ourselves with a lot of self-doubt. And um, I think I, I am blessed enough to be a bit of an action taker that I'm willing to take the action, I'm willing to take the risk to get there, because I know it's probably not going to be a linear process, but mm-hmm. still, it's a challenge. <laughs> so not a linear process. Nope. No. A lot of zigzagging going on. Yeah, I mean, think about it. You woke up today, and you were going to do what? Right. <laughs> is that the ADD talking, or is that the... Is that the- well, it's, life, it's not, it's not about like, did you maintain your list or did you do everything you said you were going to do? But, you know, you, you had maybe things that you were going to try to do. And then there were things that you want to do. And then there right. are things that happened. And I think that is basically, you know, our lives in the most, um, mm-hmm. the most direct and concrete way. You know, you wake up in the day, you think you're going to do this, you might have some plans, and then other stuff is going to show up, and how are you going to handle it? And I think that's really what life is about. It's about using our creative energy to handle not just our problems, but just our day, our daily routines, and then hopefully have the ability to forecast, meaning you have enough <laughs> energy to do that, to figure out where you want to go. What do you want to do? Oh, my gosh. Brilliant. Yeah. Whew. Okay, so let's do our would you rather, and then we will dive into th- the three official, official questions. So, okay, Jeannie, are you ready? I'm ready, Hollis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather have a purple nose or green ears? Oh, green ears. That was like, Hollis, what, what a silly question. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, green ears, because it's not because it's the color of money either. But green ears, just I felt like I would hear all, like all the good things. Purple nose might mean I have, I feel like I'd have like a runny nose. I don't know, that was probably a color thing. But <laughs> right, like the right. green, I would hear all the good things. So green ears would be great. Wow, and I didn't even make the correlation with green and money. Yeah, this, yeah. This, yeah. That's in the States. In other countries, it's not necessarily green, but right. But yeah, interesting how these questions always kind of jump out, but so cool. Yes. Green ears. So green ears it is. Yes. <laughs> so person listening, you can feel free to give your um, input as well as to what you would choose. So we're very happy that you're here. Thank you for joining us. Okay. So let's dive into the first official official question, which we've already kind of touched on, but be a little bit more official about it. Uh, Jeannie, how do you define creativity? 
I define creativity as my sacred essence that is, has been gifted to me that I have total ability to create in any direction I want as long as I agree to listen to the call. Oh, yeah. I just feel like we have two energies in our entire life that we deal with from a mental and from a creative standpoint. And this also includes the money situation. You know, it, we have the muse, which is like the brilliant idea, the million dollar idea, this can't fail idea. And then we have the editor who's like, nope, not going to work. We need <laughs> like more money. We need different ideas, you know. You can't have a creative idea with purple noses and green ears or, you know, like, like the editor just comes in and says, no. And I think that's what it is. It's that we fight with our fears and we make it as what we think is logic and analysis and, and really our past because we say it won't happen in the future. And yet people who are overnight sensations in their creative, you know, work, like are, have some of the most amazing disciplines I've ever seen, you know, so they're always connecting to their creative spirit so they can move on and so they can do the next next best thing whatever this is whether it's a painting you know choreographing new material creating a new video game you know uh sculpting something i don't you know it doesn't have to be mm -hmm. a, you know a 3d object creating actual 3d you know stuff on a 3d printer and there's mm -hmm. so many ways to create music you know i i could go on and on and on but i think that's really what it is you know, who do we listen to in our world when it comes to our creation? And I feel very clear that even as a money coach I, and a mental fitness coach, I am a creator. Like that will never go away. And, you know, the only uh, opposite action of that, which is, you know, being a destroyer, I choose not to, to participate in that, you know, because some people want to tear the world down. That's just what they think they're here for. And, you know, that's not creation. It's not what I'm here for choose not to participate in that yeah yeah because i think um you know competition is like a big thing as a creator i mean i i remember having this conversation years ago with this woman who i'm i found her creativity not to be that inspiring she's like oh i do eco creations is what she told me and she was mm -hmm. grabbing toilet paper rolls and gluing them together and i was like okay like I thought, mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be more, you know, like I really, you know, eco creation could be anything in the environment, right? Could be, right. and it was toilet paper rolls. And I was like, is there more? I don't understand, but they were a very thoughtful person. And they said something about, you know, it's the argument about what is high art. And I was like, who really argues about high art? Like, <laughs> like except probably artists and, and maybe you know, some of their patrons. But the reason I bring this up is that if we look at our creation in a form of competition, we will never win. And the mm. people who are brilliant masters still aren't winning. Mm -hmm. So why should we compete with anyone else or even really with ourselves? <laughs> well, hmm. okay, I'm formulating my thought here. I have to say there is something in the sense of healthy competition in the sense when it inspires you to do that much better. Even when you're True. competing with yourself, where you're yeah. like, okay, I, I did this before and I think I can do better. I've reached that goal. I can get better at that. Um, so it's setting a standard 
or something like that. But when it's getting to a point of tearing down and destroying and I'm going to rip you apart because you suck and did it like, what's that? Like, that's not helping anybody. That's just, that's just, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's tearing apart. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yet somehow we seem to glorify, you know, from a, a creative yes. perspective is that if you can beat everyone, we forget, then you're all alone at the mountaintop, then what? So there was a, a gentleman I knew, and I, this is, again, one of those things that either it's like, oh, of course, naturally this would happen, or you're like, I can't believe this happened. So there is this thing called yoga competition, and it's usually what? The posture. It's like, how well can you not um, manipulate your body, but how well can you allow your body to do these postures, which are, you know, of course, they're very advanced postures, you know, bouncing on one hand, you know, <laughs> your leg behind your head. It's not easy stuff, right? So, but some people, you know, it just becomes their calling. They're going to do this. So I met this guy and I think he, like, he really wanted to become an international yoga champion and he did it. And he was married with a child, young child. I think he was uh, just under two. He owned his own studio and he didn't know what to do with his life. Like his entire energy had been, you know, do X amount of backbends a day and do X amount of weightlifting, you know, to keep the muscles strong, you know, things of that nature. And he did do that. And then once he won and Hmm. he toured and everyone was like, oh, you're the best, you're the best. He just didn't, he didn't have the fire anymore. Yeah. And I, and I re, and so what happened is he had an affair, got a divorce, um, ruined his business and was living out of his car. And that's when his creative spirit suddenly showed up. Hmm. And what does he do? You know, now he's got a little place, you know, he doesn't raise his son full time, but he travels the world and he teaches yoga more from an inspirational place. Now, most of us don't have to go down that road of like getting there, you know, like winning, getting to that, you know, getting the championship, you know, thing. Most of us don't have to do that and then tear everything down. But I do feel it is very normal in our lives that when something happens that we feel like we, I don't know if we can't control or we can control, but it it, basically we don't get the desired outcome. We start to tear ourselves down. And, uh, and I think that's like always a big warning to us of, well, if you were creative or you were working on your creative side or, you know, wanting to be creative, then maybe you wouldn't feel stuck. But again, people compete, you know, Oh, I'm a, I'm a full-time knitter, but I wouldn't sell anything I knit. Well, is everyone needing mittens in, in Florida? I don't understand. You know, like, what are you right. doing? What are you knitting for? Right, right. There's got to be a purpose here if you're a full-time knitter. Uh, no. <laughs> right. See a need, fill a need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, like, it, so he had a very interesting downfall, and now he's a very, very revered and respected instructor. Um, because he's, he does a completely different version of what the yoga he's been taught because he's had just a different experience. Like, I know what it's like. I know how hard it is to get into a posture. I know what it's like to be afraid to do this and you do it anyway. And this is how I figured it out and people love him for it. And I I admire that. Right. Right. I admire that. That's a creative life. Even if it came from destroying just about everything, you know? Mm. 
Well, that's often where things happen is, you know, when you have that much of like one goal and you get to the goal and you're like, well, shit, now what do I do? Because I did that. Um, And then if you don't have enough foresight to be able to be like, oh, okay, well, here's a new goal or here's something new, then all this Mm -hmm. other, you fill it with all this other stuff that isn't very productive. But it's it's life and it's the lessons and you can share when you can teach from a point of actually, you know, you've gone through it. This is real. Mm -hmm. Then it's authentic. Um, Yeah. So tell, so tell us about, tell us about your journey here. I call this money auras, mental fitness and changing money stories, but wherever you want to start in this, we'd love to hear about, uh, your journey and how you got to where you are. Yeah. So, um, have you ever heard of human design? It's very popular right now. Yes. Yeah. So I'm a a uh, generator. Me too. God darn it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I read my HD design and I just went, well, this is like the worst, you know, it basically said I could do anything. I could do anything on this planet. And I was like, well, that's the worst. You know, I mean, how, how do you create with that? Do anything, Jeannie, anything you do, go grow some, uh, some mushrooms. You can do that. Um, you know, well, go build some cars. Right. Yeah. I was like, this is the worst. The worst advice I've ever heard. Oh, and I'm like 70% of the rest of the planet. I'm a generator. I'm like, what a horrible description. But I think of myself as a builder. So I was working, you know, in Arizona at the time. I trained in Phoenix. That's where I got, that's where, as we say, we cut our teeth. I cut my teeth back in Phoenix. And um, I moved because of the horrific recession, the Great Recession that we went through. It was really bad on the West Coast. Uh, I uh, was and I still am a counselor, but uh, I was getting, in my opinion, too dangerous to practice. So I moved closer to D.C. because that was like one of those things I really wanted to do, found work, wasn't that great at it in terms of dealing with what I thought was like, I can't believe that they just let the psychiatrist run the show. Like, where are the women here to say no? And, you know, where are like all the, like, (laughs) where are the creative people and like the social justice in this organization? Like, and it was like walking into the 1970s of psychiatry. Mm. And it was just like, what, what happened? Like I'm in this. What year was this? uh, This was 2010. Okay. Uh huh. It wasn't, it wasn't that long ago and it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't ancient history. And I was just like, this is 2010, you know, like Obama was in office, you know, it was like, what did I walk myself into? And what I realized is that I walked myself into this place of absolute fear and no creativity. And I had one of the worst experiences of workplace harassment of my life and I had to leave. And so, you know, what, what could I do? Well, I'm a counselor. I guess I'll go open my business, right? I'll go open a private practice, you know, cause I was looking for other jobs. There wasn't very much around that paid anymore. And, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of people didn't know me and they thought I was from Canada. And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know why, why that was happening. I was like, no, why did you think that? But they'd never traveled anywhere. Like the, it was just like one of the weirdest uh, experiences of my life. I ran into people who were very conservative, lived like they had five generations of roots here in the DC area. Don't travel past two miles from their home. Like it was oh. just one of the weirdest experiences. Oh, of my life. Yeah, here I yeah. was, I had traveled cross country 
And, you know, and I was like, I'm ready to work. And I was very bright and very skilled at my job. And I just kept, you know, feeling like no matter what I did, it wasn't good enough. And so I decided to just accept it at first as a learning experience. Like maybe I just need to learn. Maybe I don't have the right skills. So I sat back and I learned some new skills and actually I took those with me. But when the harassment wouldn't stop, it was time for me to go. And so I decided to start my own business and I just said, I think I can do this. So again, the generator concept, let's, I think this is a great idea. Let's do it. It shouldn't be too hard. Right? So I started to figure out like, how could I do this in six months and, or eight months? How could I do this on my own? And I worked, 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 and I was doing not bad, but not great. And then my mom got sick and she died and the whole thing completely changed. Um, I was in this place of grief and I was trying very hard to figure out what was wrong with me while still dealing with the fact that my mother's estate had been basically, I mean, a long story short, um, the person who was responsible for her uh, estate robbed it. She had a million dollar estate and not enough money was spent on her care and all of her assets. So she had a couple of homes, um, were liquidated. Okay. And her jewelry was liquidated and all this other stuff, you know, like, and so, so it was a painful process until 2015, uh, trying to deal with the death and then deal with the legal issues and then still deal with family. And it was just like, it, it just felt like it never ended. So my experience with my money situation was okay still. I mean, it, it was really up and down and really rocky, but I was able to somehow figure some things out. So I ended up, you know, getting a, a position as a federal contractor and I worked for this federal agency and I really liked my clients, but the structure of the federal agency was just ridiculous. And then, you know, I was there as the subcontractor, so I didn't own the contract. And mm-hmm. I was asked to do ridiculous things that were like, um, okay, are you sure? What? And there was no, there was, again, there was no protection of me again. Mm. So I was like in the line of fire. And so that affected me again, you know, here I am trying to cope with my, you know, the loss of my mom dealing with all the money issues. Uh, and I basically walked myself out of the pot into another boiling pot. Right. And, uh, so it was 2018. Then I said, which is when I found the dance workshop that I said, that's it. I have got to do this differently. I promised myself I was going to get the money right. I promised myself I was going to enjoy this. I promised myself a lot of things. And so when I looked at, you know, what I had done is that I had not followed what I said. So what had happened is that other people's problems always took precedence over my needs. And I didn't see it as clearly as I do today. But part of the reason I didn't see it is I was still grieving. And grieving's really powerful. I think it's one of the greatest uniters besides disease on this planet. Although I think we just had this experience in the pandemic that like, there's no such thing as the virus and this person ends up dead. And we're like, oh no, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, like we've had such crazy polarity with that, but I do believe that disease really unites us. And I definitely think that grief is universal. Yeah. So I wish I had the tools that I have now to cope with my grief. I wish I had the communication skills that I have now. I would have said and done things very differently. And I wish that I would have said if I was going to take that federal contract position to say, you know what, I'm only going to do this for two years and then I'm going to head out. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, meaning I'll make it my timeline instead of theirs. Mm -hmm. 
So I, and so notice how strong and clear I am in terms of looking at the hindsight, how much action right. I was, you know, I was going to say, I was, yeah. you know, basically I, I felt like I was in a dryer with rocks and I was just getting pummeled every day mm -hmm. uh, with the work and with the problems and with the people and, you know, but I was also very passive. And when a lot of people come to me and I've met people who have big businesses, big businesses, they make seven figures, eight figures a year, and they are so passive when it comes to money. Mm. Why? They go out of their way to make other people happy. And yet they'll basically tell me, oh yeah, I've got to take better care of myself. My diabetes is out of control. I had to take six weeks off. And you're like, what happened? Mm -hmm. Is it is the stress at home or is that work? And they're like, no, it's at work. I said, oh. And you know, it's like their whole identity becomes, well, I have to make all this money right, to do this so I can do this and so I can do that. And I'm not ready to retire or I don't want to go out on disability or, you know, and it's like, oh my goodness. So, um, I feel like we have not been taught the right way to handle just our personal life, you know, when it comes to stress, because a lot of people have what crazy coping skills yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's not mm -hmm. even about addiction. They just have crazy coping skills. I will sit here and binge watch something till I'm completely numb and then go do it again the next day. And it's like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why? It's like the person who always has the TV blaring in their house, even though they don't watch TV. Yeah. It's like, why? They can't yeah. handle the silence. Yes. So they've got to have noise. Got to have the noise. Yeah. So noise keeps us from listening, listening to that very soft voice that we have mm -hmm. to build a path to. So what I really learned along my way was that, yeah, I needed to be active, not passive, not aggressive, active. I needed to be active with my money, meaning making choices and I also really needed to figure out ways of like dealing with all these fears and doubts and worries and other people telling me what to do and then going, oh, I guess that's the answer. Nope. I had to really take a look at uh, how I self-sabotage and, and using this current app that I have now for uh, what we call mental fitness or uh, it's called positive intelligence is the name of the app but um I, it's basically what it does it's mental fitness that's what it does um it helps you take a look at how you self-sabotage so that you can stop doing it and it's done through really simple exercises 15 minutes a day or less and it gets you into a different place because one of the big challenges i've seen as a money coach is that it doesn't matter if you've had a very easy life or you've had a good life, or you had a hard life, if you do not feel strong enough to take an active role looking at your history and where you want to go, as again, we're not even talking about the present. Can you look back at what you did? And can you go forward and say, I'd like to go here and be okay with both as you take a look at today? Most people don't have that. So I love that I'm a bit of a hybrid coach and I'm a hybrid coach because that's what basically got me through. It wasn't straight money talks or money mechanics. It's here's your budget, here's your spending, you need to make changes because that didn't work for me. And it's not mm -hmm. because I was dumb and I didn't understand it or I was wasteful. I was like, no, I'm behind. Does anyone understand that I'm behind and I have been behind since I moved here? Like, I mean, this isn't just like, oh, you don't know how to you know, get started. It was like, I don't even know how to catch up. So hold on. So I think that's an important point. So when you say you were behind, meaning you were behind on the, because I think a lot of people can relate to this, 
they were behind on not knowing, not having the tools, not knowing. Yeah. And also financially, I was racking up debt. Yeah. And I, I was like, I don't know how to get out of this. And, you know, people like, well, you should do this or you should do that. And it was like, okay, that's not going to work. Okay. Now what, you know? And so, you know, and I, I had, I would, I know many people have, if I had an extra thousand or $2,000 a month, man, my life would be so much easier. I had that money mindset. Mm-hmm. And when we think like that, we keep saying that the money's further away. We can't get it unless it's a miracle. And, and there we are, you know, we're constantly striving to get that extra, maybe thousand or 2000, you know, a month that'll just suddenly pay off some, you know, last minute bills or whatever. And, um, it's a, it's an illusion. Mm -hmm. You want to make an extra thousand dollars or $2,000 a month. I literally had to sit people down and go, then you need to get a different job. Mm -hmm. You know, the job that you have won't pay you that. So you need to look at how you can, you know, work your way towards that. And if you have a side hustle, great. But how much can you really work in your side hustle? Right. Because that's an illusion too. Oh, I'll just make it up on my side hustle. Okay. Are you planning to work 100 hours this month on your side hustle to catch up? And they're like, what? It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's what it might take to get there. Because you're charging like five, ten dollars <laughs> Right, right, right. So, so this is like changing the money stories. This is yes. where you you help people change their stories. Yes, yes. Because we can't change what happened, but how we look at it, how we deal with it, how we see it as a gift changes us dramatically. Because then we can say like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that happened. And I don't think like that anymore. Oh, yeah, that happened. And I do this now or, oh, I know that voice. It gets in my head and I actually laugh at it now when it tells me, you know, I'm not any good or I'm just a generator, you know, whatever the thought is, you know, and, um, you know, that's, that's a powerful place. That's actually taking some action on how you feel about what has happened and where you want to go. When people tell me they have no money problems and I go, that's fantastic. You know, do you have enough money now to retire as it is this moment? Meaning Mm -hmm. that's what's in your bank account. You can do it. And they're like, uh, you know, most people can't. But those who are fortunate, they could say, yeah, I could totally do that. And I was like, great. What would you do? And then some would say, oh, I guess I'd have to cut back. Right. There's that. (laughs) But the expenses are going up. Let's look at gas and groceries. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. What about medicine? You might have to pay for that in the future. What about your housing? What do you want to do? You know, so I think that's the part that we keep forgetting is that the world is changing. We are changing. Let us find a better story than nothing but scarcity. Because I swear this is what this planet seems to live off of is that if we keep telling everybody there won't be enough, then that's what it is. So there is a huge push in the current U.S. government, as well as other governments across the world, of maybe we do have enough money to combat climate change. What? Right? Maybe we do have enough money to actually cover, I would say, at least basic medical care across the U.S. for everyone. Wait, mm-hmm. what? Maybe we do have enough money in Social Security. Uh, maybe we do have enough money, I I don't know, to rebuild some roads and some bridges, you know, 
But what happens is what gets um, highlighted and focused or hyper-focused on is what we don't have this because I can't tell you how many times growing up in a red state, I heard nobody will pay for education, meaning like nobody's going to pay for it. You'd go to all the way to uh, community college, you know, because your taxes pay for it. That's never going to happen. Nobody's going to allow it to happen, you know, for anybody who, you know, wants to um, have their medicine for free. That shouldn't happen. You know, it's just this constant thing of like, well, that didn't happen to me, so you shouldn't get it. And it's like, well, wait a minute. If the world is changing constantly, you're changing constantly. <laughs> Why mm-hmm. wouldn't you want to try something new and maybe a more creative approach? Mm-hmm. Find something different than it's either totally bad and wrong or it's totally perfect and it'll never fail us, which is mm-hmm. an illusion. Both of them are illusions. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I kind of want to go back to as we learn more about how you incorporate more creativity into your own life, I kind of want to go back to this dance class and how, how the combination of dance and money and how this really inspired you. Yeah. Tell us more about what that actual class was. Cause I'm like, what happened in this class? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm five, I'm a five rhythms dancer. I've danced other what we call conscious dance movements, uh, you know, or, or arts, if you will. There's there's many. There's Journey. There's Trance. There's Via Danza. I'm, I I probably missed like 20 others that I you know know, but I forgot. So um, I went to this Five Rhythms class, and it's a place that you could finally get out of your head. You know what I mean? You could just get into the music, listen to the rhythm, and I would always feel so much better. And it was dance you in this moment, not try to dance you in the future, not try to dance you in the past, dance what's happening now. So that's a challenge that, that requires real talent, you know, to stay there, to stay with yourself, not want to run away, not pick yourself apart and and then say everyone else is a better dancer and, and whatever else goes on again, more competition. Mm -hmm. So I don't even remember the title of it. I have no idea the title of this dance workshop, but as soon as I saw it was dance and money, my mouth dropped wide open and I said, I have to go. And like I said, it was like two and a half hours away. So what happened is, is that what they wanted to do in the very first one was to break down all our stories of where we've been. And so what I remember in that dance workshop is I was there with people I had, I'd never seen before. Sometimes that's a good thing. And a bunch of people I knew. And I was sitting there super struggling in my business. I think I had a hundred dollars in my bank account at the point, you know, of course everything's tapped max. Right. But I'm there at this workshop because I'm determined I'm going to get better at this. And what I realized in the past is that I watched people who looked like they totally had their stuff together. I mean, mm-hmm. like completely who walked up there and said that they had prostituted themselves. People had been homeless. People mm-hmm. had couch surf. People had used drugs. I mean, uh, their families had survived a war. Um, they had an eating disorder, you know, because they couldn't afford food as a child like that affected them, you know. And then there was like a million other stories of like, I just don't know what's wrong with me, you know, of or I. I thought I was okay with this, but then my spouse took off with all the cash, you know, all these interesting stories and yet shell shocking. And I remember sitting there going, wow. And then there's this one story that showed up and I will never forget this. Mm-hmm. Everyone was being incredibly raw, incredibly there. And this one person, you know, was very last room. There was like, I think 60 of us. So it's like the last person who was supposed to come forward. And they were like, oh, 
I really wasn't here for the money. I just came because I just wanted to dance. So I don't really listen to any of these stories. Oh, God. And you know who this person was? This was a, um, a very high profile uh, child of somebody who is currently <laughs> in the U.S. government at the federal level. And I remember feeling deeply saddened that this person couldn't hold it for anybody. Mm, yeah. Couldn't couldn't hold it for anybody in the room. Right. That somebody might have struggled in a way that you never thought or didn't know. They right. just simply couldn't deal with it. And I and I don't think they're they aren't particularly wealthy, but I think because of their their family members' contacts, they've always gotten a job. They've always gotten what they needed. Money has always come to them. There has been no question. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I don't think they even get along with uh, the said person. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, wow. Right. Interesting. Wow. That kind of so, says it all. Yeah. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's like, so some people were absolutely devastated and hurt by what this person said. And I honestly thought this is where the pavement hits the road, Jeannie. You can sit here all day and like blame this person, say terrible things about them, feel sorry for them, or just drop every story you think you know about them and come back to your stuff. Mm. Because what they're saying is honest and it's, it's, in, it's in the moment, but it has nothing to do with you. And that was like a great, powerful lesson on how to get active. How to get be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The world is this. People are going to say this. People are not always going to be on your team. People will not always be able to hold the empathy for your situation. Yeah. That doesn't affect your choices and it doesn't affect your creativity. By the way, this person wasn't a sensational dancer in terms of movement. Like they weren't big. They weren't wild. They just kind of closed their eyes and kind of did their thing in the corner. And again, you're welcome to do that in any dance class if you want to. But I mean, you get what you give and this person mm. wasn't willing to give and that's what you get. So that really inspired me to like, where was I not giving so I could get? And I mm. was like, oh man. So this is when I realized a lot of my relationships, I had gave a lot to people, but I ended up giving, if you will, from my very poor and very sad and broken heart because of what happened with my mom. And it was just like, wait a second, I don't need to be angry. I just need to be me. And that's what I really focused on for the rest of the workshops is like, how can I be my best self in all of these financial situations and conversations and not feel like I'm less than not judge the other person to be bad or evil or what, or whatever, you know, or, oh, they're fantastic. They're wonderful. Just, just hold, hold the line. And then all of a sudden, at the end of that year, something happened that I didn't expect to have happened. I was starting to read Money Aura. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, tell us about Money Aura. So Money Aura comes to me, um, not always like a dollar sign. It's not like I talked to you on Zoom and I was like, I can see dollar signs above your head, Hollis. You know, that doesn't help. <laughs> By the way, it doesn't help anybody. But what I could do is I could hear it in people's voices. They would say something like, uh, I really think I should go do this, you know, whatever this decision was. And I think I need to double my amount. And I could instantly see and hear that the amount was incorrect. And I was like, what's going on here? This is really weird. 
And then um, I would suddenly, you know, talk to somebody and I would just like look at them and I would somehow know, um, you know, like, wait a minute, aren't you, you know, getting a big contract coming in December? I, I feel like I keep seeing this. And they would look at me and they'd be like, how would you know this? I'm like, well, I'm a little intuitive. I don't know. You know, like that's the best way I could describe it. And then other times, like I would, you know, look, my muse lit up. I could suddenly see the million dollar idea for myself and then be able to start taking action steps on that. Or I would have somebody tell me they have all this money and I would be like, they're really struggling. They're in debt. I can tell. And why? It's because I have been in debt. I have tried to pretend like I had it going on. So I already knew that illusion. Um, I also knew that what it's like to be like, I'm really struggling and I don't know what to do. I know what it's like to be like, I have this great idea. I'm not sure on the action steps, but I think I've got this great idea. And I, <laughs> right. also, and I know what it's like to say, I'm going to manifest, pick at a dollar amount by such and such date and time. And it's going to happen. Well, the people who end up doing that, or at least get very, very close to it, are action takers. Not people who just walk around and say it over and over. Mm, right. They follow right. their inspiration, their intuition. They tell everybody, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to work really hard on this. And hopefully they have the right people around them supporting them, or they have a community, or they have a coach, or they have something. Instead of just sitting there going, oh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'll just show up, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is what a lot of people do. They just, they get busy with the busy work and they act right. like that's the real work. And the truth is, is that if you're going to run a business, you probably need to be really good at sales, really good at marketing, really good at visioning. And if you need to, you hire people to do the administrative stuff, to do the back end stuff so that you can continue to be what? A creator. Because a creator right. can talk about sales and marketing. They can do that all day long. A creator can talk about, you know, the vision. A creator can make a decision in a moment's instance, in a, an instant moment, um, you know, in real time. But, you know, somebody who's unsure, not 100% in, not 100% out, is not going to be able to do that. It takes real mental, physical, and emotional energy to do that. That's why, you know, these people who are really rich and, you know, have great Instagrams and, and, and they, they might be very wealthy. Um, you know, I'm thinking like Tony Robbins, like Madonna, they, they have actual physical fitness that they have to do. They have some type of meditation or yoga or, you know, Tai Chi thing they got to do. Some of them make their own beds. Some of them don't, I don't know in the morning, <laughs> mm -hmm. but they also have like a lot of people working for them to handle a lot of the stuff that they don't want to do. They're not yeah. great at. Yeah. It's that whole thing of you can't do everything by yourself. If you try and do everything, then not much gets accomplished. Well, is that really creation? Right. The answer is no. Like I just said, right. you know, people getting busy, you know, with the you know, getting passive because they're doing all this busy, busy work isn't really creating. No, it's, it's not, not really sitting down and like, who do I need to call and, and talk to so-and-so about, you know, are you interested in joining this or would you like to purchase this? Or maybe we should have lunch or coffee or a virtual lunch and coffee to discuss the following. Mm -hmm. That's actually sales and marketing. And I hear all kinds of stories and how people say they can't do it. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like they'll only do it at a convention. 
I've heard mm -hmm. that one. I only do it at a convention. I was like, how often are your conventions? Once a year. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. okay, once a year, you're going to do your sales and marketing. Well, I think it's an everyday thing. It doesn't work. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, we're already getting to the top of the hour, which is insane. Um, time is just flying. So tell us on the note where you said, um, you know, Madonna might make her bed, might not. <laughs> Do you have any kind of a morning routine? Yes. Yes. What is it? So I get up roughly between 5 and 6 a.m. Sometimes I get up a little later, depending if I work late, etc. I get up and I do at least a good hour of yoga. And okay. here's the thing. As a money coach, I ha so this is like the thing that I, I really went crazy on and somewhere between 2015 and 2018, I was like, what is the way to call in the money? Like I looked at money meditations and manifestation and Abraham Hicks and all this good stuff. And what I found was Kundalini yoga was like one of the best ways to do it. There are certain uh, Kundalini practices, what I call money manifestation, that you could actually do this and it will, money will start to come to you. And it's, it's fantastic. But not everybody mm -hmm. wants to do yoga. Not everybody can do yoga. So mm -hmm. that's a thing, you know? So mm -hmm. um, what I, I did is I, so I do like an hour in the morning. And then, of course, I make breakfast. And then I, you know, look at my calendar and, you know, try to get stuff done and, and you know, do what I've got to do. Like I, I make my appointments, you know, have to course correct and, and do it that way. And then what I've realized is that I've got to get more physical activity throughout the day. And I've got to get more physical activity in the evening. So what is physical activity? It could be taking walks. It could be, you know, riding a bike. It, you know, it could be just doing some, you know, yoga here in the house. Like I love hopping on YouTube and like, what's a, what's a yoga class I could do? And just doing it that way. Um, I do, I work out from home. Um, I try to get out and see my friends and, and just something else that's out there. So I don't feel like I'm, I'm just staying still. Like I'm just mm -hmm. still all the time. Like that's what one of the lessons I feel like I really took away from the pandemic is mm -hmm. I look at all the ways I can take care of myself. The other thing is I try to get myself to bed before 11 PM. So by like between 10 and 11, I, I had, I hit the hay and I'm mm -hmm. pretty consistent with that at least six days a week, sometimes five. And mm -hmm. I found that I had better energy across the board, particularly mentally when there was something new that showed up. I was like, oh, I got this. I can handle this. When yeah. I was tired all the time, which I was when I was grieving, I had no energy to handle stuff. Mm -hmm. Like everything was like, yeah. oh, oh my God, so heavy, so hard. And I was like, nope, nope, no, yeah. it's not. This is just a detail. I, I can handle this. Yeah, the rest aspect, I agree. It's that's real. When your body is actually rested, you handle things so much. You're more clear headed. You're just calmer. You have more energy. It's just it's it's very different. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. So wonderful morning routine there. So before we get to the last question, I'll kind of back up on the second question, which is for you, is there any other ways that you incorporate in general more creativity into your own life yeah i try to take as many dance breaks as i possibly can that's my thing i love feeling alive in my body feeling an emotion and then letting it move through my body and then let it go literally i'm moving as i'm, ta I'm talking right now nobody can see that that's okay <laughs> um 
I love doing that. I also love holding a pose. Like I just came from a yoga class today because that feels good in my body, breathing and not fighting it. So if I'm going to hold a pose, I want to breathe and not fight it. I want to breathe and not fight it. That mm. feels really important. And Ex when I hold on, Ex I'm sorry, explain mm -hmm. what that means more in more detail, not fighting it. So um, I call it the efforting concept. I'm going to work so hard. I'm going to hold my breath and try to force my body into a position. So remember I was telling you about the, the great international yogi. He yeah. learned through trial and error that he had to allow his body to move in certain directions, but it took incremental ways to get there. Like he just didn't, you know, he just wasn't a noodle, you know, like a four-year-old can be, a four-year-old can be a noodle, but he wasn't. I mean, he was built, he was really strong, he was very flexible, but still even advanced poses, you still have to breathe a certain way in a yoga competition in order to win. And, or, and how do you do that? Don't fight yourself. Don't fight mm -hmm. every time your body wobbles. Don't fight every time you fall out. You know, you don't get mad at yourself. You don't scream and yell, you know, at yourself. You're just like, I'll do it again. Or stand still and just breathe. Yeah. And then pick up again. Yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've also uh, felt like this is clear in, in relationships, particularly when it comes to money. If I feel like I'm doing a lot of efforting, meaning I'm the one making all the phone calls, I'm the one making all the suggestions, I'm the one setting up all the meetings, I'm the one with all the ideas, then maybe this isn't the right match for me. Mm. And I feel like that's a huge life lesson for all of us. Yes. <laughs> it's not a balanced relationship. No. And I, and I just, I'm like, oh, I sure am efforting a lot right now, which isn't, you know, it's not a real word, but it's, it's not, you know, it's true. Or how much effort, efforting are you putting forward? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So true. Because that yeah. takes up so much, it's repetitive. It just takes up so much energy. Yes. <laughs> You're just putting out, putting out, putting out, putting out, and then. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you find yourself exhausted. You're like, why am I so tired? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Why is the money not coming in? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got a million ideas. Do you have a plan for one of them to work? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. right. With the money auras, were you able to read it on yourself? Yes. Oh, but yeah. was it before the dance class that you were able to read it for yourself? No. Or was that kind of that that was the light bulb moment? Yeah. When I was hearing other people, uh, you know, what I would say is when I was when I realized I was probably money coaching in my in my private practice years ago when I was working with clients in Arizona, because I, I mean, I worked with people who were like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. And I could hear their fear. And so we would work on all the ways to address the fear or the doubt or the, you know, hey, here's how you deal with the landlord or, or whatever the issue was. So right. that was to me more skill. But what felt more energetic was after I went to the dance workshops that I could see I could hear it. I could feel it. And that was a different experience. Mm. And, and that's, uh, this is one of the things I don't think is on my human design, but I do. Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm just a generator. <laughs> what do I know? I'm not one of those cool people who's like a projector. Or, you know, I was like, oh, right. Right. Yeah. 
not one of those cool a manifester generator oh yeah yeah and there's something else i forget what the other one is it's like super rare and i'm like yeah i'm not that either but anyway um but what i what i realized is i was you know being able to experience this is that i actually walk through the world sensing and that was really what i took away from dance like i feel the energy through my feet or i feel the energy in the room can you balance yourself as well as everything else that's going on in the room and i feel like that's what dance taught me and the moment i had mm. that particularly when it came to the money questions yeah i knew it and without having to be like is that real am i thinking that i knew it mm. i absolutely knew it isn't it great when there's that knowing and you don't have to second guess and yeah. and yeah. just there's that because everybody, I mean, well, I know for me, it's that feeling in my stomach yes. where it's like it's the wobble. So it can initially be like, yes. And then it's like, well, is it really? Or, hmm. And then that, like you said earlier, like that whole critical part of your mind just is saying all the silly things that it starts to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, now I'm confused. But in the beginning, it was a hard yes or a hard no, you know? Exactly. Because you could feel it. I, I really appreciate the whole point of the, can you see it? Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Because that's being in the moment. Right. Right. And it also, you know, and this is one of the things that I think so many people wanted during this pandemic is they wanted people's individual time and they wanted people to be open to holding whatever it is that they had going on. And what happened with a lot of people during this pandemic is they just looked for to stay, stay busy or stay numb. So they might've been in the same room with you, but they could not give themselves to you mm. because they were around you 24 seven. They couldn't get away. Mm -hmm. And that that's huge. That's a mm -hmm. huge thing right there. That's like, wow. What you're really asking is somebody to put themselves down for a moment, meaning like their problems, and just listen. Not fix, just listen. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a whole topic in itself. Yeah. And, yeah. and that usually happens in your creative practice. When you, you know, put your problems down, for instance, writing them or painting them or sculpting them, maybe to music, and you know, then you're able to maybe listen or look at it and, you know, the next day and go, hmm, what did I mean by that? What was I thinking about that? Yeah. yeah. And, and your creative process is whatever that is where you're just in flow. Yeah. You lose that sense of time. You lose yeah. that. It's just you're in flow. So whether that's in the business, around the business table, whether it's around marketing or science or cooking or whatever that is, it's that place where you just are in it. Yeah. And you're present. And yeah, it's a beautiful space. Yeah. And you're not questioning yourself. You're not wobbling. No, no. And, and that's what I coach all my clients to, to do. I, I call it becoming your own money back guarantee, meaning you no longer listen to the FOMO. You no longer panic over scarcity and competition. Instead, you're like, wait a minute. I think I have an answer. Let me listen closely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe this is another way I could work with my money instead of just staring at it like we don't have any money. You don't understand. There's no money. And it's like, no. We have more access to money in this in this country in particular than many countries around the world. Right. Right.
Okay. Wow. Okay. So third and final question as we're almost at the top of the hour is to wrap it up, put a nice little bow on it. Um, why do you think creativity is important? Hmm. There is a purpose for us on this planet. I really believe that for every person. It may not be a, a noble purpose, you know, depending on how the person sees themselves, but there is a purpose. And our, our creativity, our creative expression, our creative being allows us to harness that hmm. and to experience it for ourselves. So um, one of the things I don't often share, but my, my mother and my father forbid me to dance, to go to any dance classes as a child. They said, oh no. yeah, I was forbidden. No music classes, no dance classes, no art classes, no gymnastics classes, none. What? Yeah. 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 And they said, because I, you know, people can't see me here, but I, I was told by my parents that I was too tall to be a dancer or a gymnast. And, you know, uh, you know, the other stuff, they're like, you're not artistic. You can't do it. Wow. So that was it. You, they're like, you can do that stuff in school, honey, but that's it. And um, what I learned later was that my being will really is a dancer. That's because I was dancing all the time in my room, listening to music, you know, constantly goofing off and, you know, trying to imitate dancers on TV badly because I was a kid. But um, my parents just saw, saw a disaster. You know, they were like, she's going to have injuries. Uh, she'll never be a professional dancer. We know she doesn't have that ability in her. And they had never heard of, you know, <laughs> going out to, to dance classes for fun and paying people to do it. Like they'd never heard that you become like a dance teacher or um, you could be a dancer. They're like, that's not a profession for you. Mm -hmm. And they wanted me to become an accountant, which is really funny to me. But, yeah, mm -hmm. that was their plan. <laughs> I, I failed miserably on that one. That's okay. But um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, when I started, I didn't actually start dancing adult classes. I took ballet at 27 and it took me probably three years so I could finally say I was a dancer. Instead, I would say, I'm just taking a dance class. Mm. It took me years to, to get to that. I'm a dancer. And so I tell people now I'm a dancer. They're like, you are, what do you dance? Like they find it novel and interesting. And I'm like, no, it's necessary. It's necessary to dance for me. Mm. I love that novel yes. and interesting, but it's necessary. Our creativity necessary. can save us. Our creativity can save us. It does. That's yep. the whole point. That's yep. the whole point. That's the whole point of these conversations. Oh my gosh, Jeannie, can you please tell people how they can connect with you? Oh yeah. You can go to JeannieDoherty.com. You can uh, sign up for my free money type uh, quiz. And uh, I find people find that very illuminating. And I also have a free money masterclass every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's on my website. And you can, you know, hop on that um, and get the recording if you want to. And I'm having a free, uh, not a free, I'm sorry. I'm a money, <laughs> I'm having a money boot camp uh, program, group program. And it's starting next Monday. So it's going to be 10 weeks long. It's going to be amazing. If you want to have that ability to no longer be passive and take an active role and want to be able to sleep better at night and not question yourself when it comes to your financial skills and, and communication, this is the, uh, the money boot camp you've been looking for. Can you please, Jeannie, put that information right here in the chat so our the people yes. that are with us can see it? Absolutely. Yeah, that, that'd be great. 
So before we say our formal goodbyes, um, is there anything else, Jeannie, that's on your mind that you feel like you just want to share that you want to end with? Oh, I just want to say thank you for giving me this opportunity because not everybody thinks money is creative. And yet there's plenty of algorithms on this planet about how to make money out of thin air. And that takes mm -hmm. what? Creativity. And it takes mm -hmm. really a strong creative muscle to keep it going. It does. I love it. I love it. Everything is creative. Life is creative. And you definitely need to reach out to Jeannie to uh, get into your groove. So yeah, please put that into the chat box here, Jeannie. And I want to thank those of you joining us live. Thank you so, so much. And those catching the replay, we know you could be doing anything with your hour and choosing to spend it with us. We really, really greatly appreciate it. This space is all about inspiring each other, connecting and sharing stories. And I believe we've always needed this, but I think now we just need it more than ever. We just yeah. do. We just do. So please like, follow, share all of that good stuff so we can spread the word and just expand the reach so we can lift each other up and empower each other. So wherever awesome. you are listening in from, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, and a good evening and look forward to connecting soon. So goodbye, everybody. Bye. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. <laughs> Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh, be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. Through the Publishing House, Express Yourself Publishing, multi-author books, copy books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't, we are not made for boxes. There is also my TV show, I Am Creative. Check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So IamCreativePhilly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one. <laughs>